You're listening to Nest Talk, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Now, here's your host, Christopher Linfont. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ravens flock, my name is Christopher Linfont, bringing you another edition of the Nest Talk podcast, the best and most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. We are recording on Friday, January 17th, 2020. Um, not a great week to be a Ravens fan. Of course, we'll get into that despicable, utterly heartbreaking Titans loss uh, and maybe why the Ravens lost that game. But first, I want to let you know we are recording at about 11.47 in the morning. Could have recorded earlier today, um, but I did want to wait for John Harbaugh to speak. John Harbaugh just wrapped his press conference up minutes ago. And I took precarious notes. Um, that's not the right word. word. Uh, very intricate notes throughout the entire press conference. And there's some really interesting things he said, some really not that important things. Um, of course, I was not at the press conference, don't have a press pass, hopefully would maybe get that one day. But we don't have that right now. So I had to rely on some other reporters asking questions. And there were some great questions asked. Um, we have some information about the Ravens offseason program, the Ravens, some of the Ravens coming back. Um, who the Ravens might be looking for, what positions in the draft and free agency. We have just a plethora of things to get through. But of course, before we do that, um, we also have some news, just basic news before we start. And of course, our housekeeping. If you are not subscribed to wherever you're listening to this, make sure you do that very quickly. Um, If you are on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes. If you are on Spotify, subscribe on Spotify. If you're on YouTube, subscribe there. Anywhere else, Overcast, Radio Public. Make sure you do that so the next episode of Nest Talk will be ready to go for you next week um, as we go through this offseason. Of course, we will continue the Friday schedule here. I was thinking about moving it back to Thursday, but Friday is fine. Um, But we will probably move it back to Thursday. I'm sorry, Wednesday, not Thursday, um, before the draft just because we want an episode before the draft instead of one in the midst of it. So that's that's really what I think I'll do. Um, but unlike last year, where we really didn't have a whole lot to talk about. I think we're going to have enough to talk about this offseason. I'll be able to devise enough content. So we will continue on a weekly format through the offseason, up through the draft, and we're going to keep going, um, hopefully, every every single week throughout the year here. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Chris Linfont. You can find the Baltimore Feather at Be More Feather or Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter. Make sure you search us up on Facebook as well and like us there. Um, just search up Nest Talk or the Baltimore Feather on those platforms. Um, that's a great way to find us there, um, building the Facebook pages up a little bit more. But, of course, the preferred platform of communication will be Twitter. It always has been, always will be. Or you can, of course, sign up to the BaltimoreFeather.com's email list. That way you will be on the um, – Anytime an article is published, anytime a podcast comes out, you'll be emailed, it'll be in your inbox, and that's just a great way um, to stay up to date with the latest Ravens news and, of course, the podcast. And, of course, while you're at it, go to baltimorefeather.com shop and check out our new mugs on sale. I think they're pretty nice. Um, free shipping forever, really. Um, great designs on there, and, of course, maybe you'll see them advertised in the future. So... Without further ado, let's get straight into the news here before we get into Harbaugh's press conference. There's not a whole lot of, of real news to talk about other than the things surrounding the Pro Bowl. So first of all, Marcus Peters has decided to stay out of the Pro Bowl this year. You know, it's, it's, it's really something a lot of players will do if they've been in a few Pro Bowls before. They don't want to risk injury. It's 
you know, I mean, he just signed a huge contract, so he wants to stay healthy. Maybe he's disappointed that the Ravens did not go to the Super Bowl. All these things, you know, combine in here. Players decide not to go to the Pro Bowl all the time. Marcus Peters is going to be one of them. So the Ravens are down a Pro Bowler, moves him to 11, but we'll get back to why they get back to 12 in a second here. So Peters is out, and he's being filled in by none other than the Pittsburgh Steelers, Joe Hayden. Uh, not ideal for Ravens fans to have a Steelers cornerback replacing Marcus Peters here, but that's just how the cookie crumbles. So Peters is out. Specifically, his reasoning we don't actually know. Even Harbaugh on the press conference didn't realize that Peters um, jumped out of the Pro Bowl until he was told during the press conference, actually. So, um, you know, that's just his decision. There's really nothing wrong with it. It's just a lot of players don't like to play in the Pro Bowl. You know, it, there's not really a whole lot of incentive to if you've been in a lot of them already and you don't want to get injured. That's just Peter's decision here. Now, the Ravens have another player jumping into the Pro Bowl. That gets them back to the 12 number they originally at. Of course, you know, they really have 13 Pro Bowlers now, but, you know, only 12 are going to play. So Orlando Brown Jr., the right tackle, um, second-year right tackle out of Oklahoma, is in to replace the Raiders' Trent Brown, who declined to play as well. So that brings the Ravens back to 12 as well. Um, you know, Orlando Brown Jr., I'm pretty sure, led the fan voting in the Pro Bowl category for offensive tackle, or at least right tackle. So, you know, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. He made it as an alternate because, you know, Ronnie Stanley really should have been the one leading that category there. But the the coaches or play, whoever votes, I'm not actually sure who votes for the Pro Bowl, but I know it's media and then either players or coaches in the league have a higher say than the fans, and they voted um, Orlando Brown not out of the Pro Bowl, but not into the Pro Bowl. He was just an alternate. But now that Trent Brown has declared himself out from the Pro Bowl, he will not attend in Orlando um, in, in uh, next week, actually, right? Next week is the Pro Bowl. Orlando Brown Jr. will be going in his place. And that's just great for the Ravens, of course, just to have another Pro Bowl there. 12 Pro Bowlers at the Pro Bowl, no matter how you slice it, even if you're missing one to make it 13, it's pretty darn good. Um, and the last piece of Pro Bowl news, actually, is that John Harbaugh and the coaching staff will be coaching the Pro Bowl. Now, I saw some people talking on Twitter, mainly joking, of course. It was pretty funny that they were saying, you know, oh, maybe they lost the divisional round so they could coach the Pro Bowl and then negotiate with players at the Pro Bowl to make the Ravens the best team in NFL history in 2020. You know, that'd be pretty funny if that were true, but obviously not true. The Ravens definitely were trying to get to the Super Bowl. But, you know, it's bittersweet for the Ravens here, and Harbaugh especially. Coaching the Pro Bowl is always an honor, but when you're coming off a 14-2 season as a number one seed, losing in the first round of the playoffs that you're in, at least, the divisional round, um, the Pro Bowl is really no substitute for a Super Bowl. If this was his first year and he won a wild card like he did in 2008 or something, I don't know if he coached the Pro Bowl in 2008, but... You know, that would have been something like, okay, you know, I, I'm doing something something worthy here. But coming off a 14-2 and two season and, and coaching the Pro Bowl after losing in the first round as the number one seed, that's just, I mean, it's it's just not where you want to be. And, it, it you know, I was wondering how many Ravens players were actually going to stay in the Pro Bowl, how many were going to drop out. I'm surprised that a lot of them want to go. I know Lamar Jackson wants to go. That's what Harbaugh said in his presser. Um, you know, Harbaugh's obviously going to coach it. But, you know, it's definitely not where they want to be. It has to be some, some sort of weird experience for the Ravens, you know, to be in the Pro Bowl. 
It'd be one thing if they lost this upcoming week in the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs or something, and they said, all right, well, we, we came close, but the divisional round loss really does sting, and, and it, it's going to be strange for some Ravens in the Pro Bowl to, to be sitting there in, in Orlando next weekend and thinking to themselves, wow, just you know, a few miles south or whatever it is, you know, we could have been in that Super Bowl. We should have been in that Super Bowl. And the Ravens, of course, will have to deal with that throughout the Pro Bowl. Um, that's really all the news news for the week. Of course, we have some draft news that I want to talk about. And then, of course, I want to talk about the Titans game and give my predictions for the conference championship games. But I do want to get through Harbaugh's press conference first. But just a reminder that this this weekend we have the East-West Shrine game and the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl both tomorrow afternoon and evening. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Now, I want to go straight through Harbaugh's press conference. Um... First of all, he said thank you to the fans and was really conveying his apologies, um, not only to the fans but the media, actually, for not winning the game, for not getting them to another week and then potentially to a Super Bowl. He thought that the Ravens could do that. They were the best team they possibly could be this year, but it just didn't happen. So that's, you know, it's a moot apology, really, because, you know, they, they didn't win. There's, you know, nothing they can do about it now, but... It is nice that Harbaugh is at least willing to acknowledge that the Ravens could have won that game, probably should have won that game, and is, um, you know, apologizing to the fans, to the media, to everybody, really, for not pulling it off. And, and you know, it happens in football. Um, number one seeds lose. Teams don't make the Super Bowl every year. You know, the Ravens will be back next year in 2020, of course. They have a great foundation, and I'll get into what Harbaugh said about that. But it, it's disappointing. It does sting, as I said a few times this episode already. Um, but, of course, his apology, you know, it, it is heartfelt. It's something that Ravens fans would probably look at and, you know, look at their coach and say, you know, thank you for, you know, acknowledging the Ravens did not live up to their expectation in this game. The one game they had to win all year long did not live up to expectations in it. But that's just how it goes sometimes. That's just what happens. That's it. Um you know, he said the Titans deserve some credit. Obviously, they did. They went into a New England beat. You know, the Patriots were not as good as they usually were, specifically on offense, but that's still a good team, especially on defense. And Derrick Henry and the Titans' offense really ran over the New England Patriots' defense. And he has he said they deserve some credit. He's right. They deserve a lot of credit for doing that. And then going into Baltimore the next week, I mean, that's a short, not a short week. They had seven days. But, you know, going from New England to Baltimore and beating down both teams – you know, it wasn't very close in both matchups. I mean, New England kept it a little closer, but the Titans dominated both games, and you have to give them a lot of credit. And they, they could easily go into Arrowhead and win that game. There's no doubt in my mind they can do that. Now, I'll tell you whether or not I think they will do that, but it's very possible they will. Now, um, Harrow was asked a series of questions. I believe there were 31 questions in total by my count. The first was, what was his takeaway and why the Ravens lost? And he made a very, very interesting point. Now, my interpretation of why the Ravens lost was that they got away from the run game that they've sustained throughout the year that's been their go-to. And I, I hold myself by that. And that's, in my opinion, the biggest reason. Now, Harbaugh made another point, kind of goes along with that. The Titans won critical downs, the Ravens didn't. There are two critical downs specifically, the two fourth down attempts, fourth and one and fourth and one, I think they both were. I think one was in the second half, one was in the first half or something like that. If the Ravens convert on both those downs, they easily can score some points. 
I mean, that was the big problem. The Ravens moved the ball plenty. I think I touched on it in the article that I wrote this past week. The Ravens moved the ball plenty of, of, of times. They moved. They got a lot of yards. Lamar Jackson, I think, had like 300 yards passing and like another 100 rushing or some ridiculous thing. But they scored 12 points. That's the big problem. They scored 12 points on an offensive day where they moved the ball. They didn't win the critical downs. They didn't win those fourth downs. They didn't win you know critical third downs. They put field goals out instead of touchdowns, and ultimately that's what cost the Ravens the game. And if you look at how many times the Titans scored and what they scored off of, every single Titans score was off of a turnover. Whether it be the two fourth down conversions, the pick, um, I think there were two picks, right? Three picks, something like that. Anytime the, Ravens, the Titans scored, it was off of a turnover. Especially in those positions on fourth down. Those were the killers. You don't you convert those two fourth downs and you score touchdowns on them, this is a wildly different game. And Harbaugh's right. They won the critical downs, the Titans did, and the Ravens didn't. The Titans made the plays, the Ravens didn't. And the Ravens made mistakes, the Titans didn't. And of course, my interpretation is the Ravens lost those critical downs because the running game wasn't really the focal point of the game. If you have a strong running game, like why are you putting Lamar Jackson the shotgun or whatever it was on a QB sneak? Right? That wasn't a smart move. Where was Gus Edwards, right? He got like three carries all day. And Harbaugh actually identifies that as one of the problems in the game later on in this this press conference. Now, the next question was whether or not the Ravens got away from the run a little too much. Did Harbaugh overrule Roman to make that happen? And he said, you know what? The Ravens called the game plan to win. He takes all responsibility. He said they were balanced into the third quarter, which I would disagree with. I don't think the Ravens were that balanced in the third quarter based on what I see in the numbers. If you read the article, um, you know, we looked at some of the data thanks to Yoshi on Twitter and basically said, okay, the Ravens, you know, these dropbacks aren't designed runs. When you look at designed runs, the Ravens were kind of getting away from what they did or they were supposed to. I mean, maybe if you take in the scrambles and keep them into the run game, you know, the Ravens do look a little more balanced, but that's Lamar Jackson just running on his own. Maybe that was the scheme the Ravens wanted. I don't know, but it's not what I would have done, and I don't think it's what the Ravens did all year to win games. I, I, I not, In fact, I know it's not what the Ravens did all year to win games. Mark Ingram, I mean, got a, I mean, I, would under, I understand Mark Ingram wasn't as active in this game as he was in past games coming off of his injury. I get that. But Gus Edwards should have been a larger focal point. Three rushes for 20 yards, whatever it was, was not enough. And Harbaugh says he takes all responsibility for it. Um, and the Ravens, he says, shifted gears when they were down 21-6 to and then knew they needed to start passing the ball. I, I mean, I get it. But, you know, you already got away, in my opinion, from what you do best at that point. So it was just even worse at that point. And he's right. He said it again. They moved but didn't score. And he made a point. There were five games where the Ravens threw more than they ran. And they won four of them. Now, I don't have the time because I'm recording a podcast immediately after this press conference to go back and look and see which games those were. I'm going to imagine the one they lost was the Chiefs game because I'm pretty sure that all they did in that game was pass, 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 if I remember correctly, and it was just terrible. Either that or it's the Browns game. I mean, there's only two losses, obviously, but I'm pretty sure the Chiefs game is the one he's referring to in the lost. I don't know which other ones are the ones we passed more and we won, but I'm going to guess it wasn't by a lot. I'm going to guess it was not a wide margin like it was in this game where it was a huge margin. 59 pass attempts. Insane. I'm going to guess 
and I, lo- I would love for somebody to tell me, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, um, that those four games the Ravens did not pass more than maybe 10 times that they ran. I'm going to guess that because that was the Ravens football. It was running the ball, establishing the run, and then using the pass too. Now the next question was that Marlon Humphrey said immediately after the game that the Ravens choked. That was their identity. I remember the tweet. He said the Ravens have an identity right now where they go in and they just choke. That's what some of the reporters were tweeting. I think he said in the locker room. Um, they asked Harbaugh, would he need to battle that mindset this offseason? And Harbaugh said, no, our guys are confident guys. You know, Humphrey is a great player. You know, one of his favorite guys, actually, he said. But, you know, they just have to get over the hump. That's it. Um, fourth question. Do you look at 2019 as the beginning of a run? And this is what I, I kind of see. I mean, I see it really as 2018 as the beginning of a run, if this does become a run, because that's really when the Ravens establish themselves. He said, yeah, uh, losing is just the way the league works sometimes. 11 teams lose in the playoffs. People forget that. 11 teams lose in the playoffs. 12 teams go. One is the winner. There's going to be 11 other coaches in the National Football League you know, a lot of them have already had this post-game press conference, he said. There's a lot of guys. There's two other guys that are going to have this post-game press conference this weekend, next week. There's, there's another guy who's going to have it after the Super Bowl. You know, what went wrong? So people have to lose, and sometimes it's your team. But he is, Harbaugh is, excited for the Ravens going forward, and I am too. I, I You know, he made a good point. All three phases have a good future. The offense, absolutely. There's no question has a great future. The Ravens, I don't even think, are done building an offense. Some skill positions need upgrading, specifically wide receiver at this point. But quarterback is locked down. The offensive line is pretty good. We might need to replace Yonda soon, whether it's this offseason or next offseason. Harbaugh does touch on Yonda, actually. So we'll get into that. Um, you know, defensively, we had a very improved defense midseason. Of course, maybe the front seven needs some work. We get into that as well This this press conference recap, um, you know, a whole slew of things need to be done to this roster, but the Ravens do have a great foundation moving forward. Getting to 14-2 and two is no easy task, especially that 12-win streak. Not an easy task at all, so the Ravens have a great foundation, um, and, and this really, we we hope it is this just the beginning, and I do believe it is just the beginning. I think the Ravens probably will be back in 2020 unless something drastically changes here. What will it take to get better was the next question. And Harbaugh basically said, you know, what every coach is going to say, scheme improvement and roster improvement. You know, that's how the Ravens got really good this year. DeCosta did a great job finding players for the Ravens. Of course, Harbaugh is, is um, um, not interested in that, not invested in that. But it, he's he's a part of that, that scenario there, um, the Ravens finding players and such, bringing them in midseason, building the team. But, of course, DaCosta really has the final say. He's the one that does all the work. Not all the work, but the majority of the work in that process there with contracts and such. Um, and Harbaugh says he had a, he has a lot of confidence moving forward. The Ravens have great draft and cap resources. As you remarked, of course, you know, Lamar Jackson being on a rookie contract, it's time to spend is now. And he's right that we have a lot more cap space than we've had in previous years. We've got some draft picks coming up. Some of the trades they made this year were excellent. Getting more draft picks. I mean, I'm looking at you, Kerry Vedvik. Some of the, you know, getting Marcus Peters for that pick. But the Ravens, I do think, have some more draft picks than normal coming up this year. I don't know the exact um, format. I don't believe we have comp picks yet either. I don't know when they're coming out. It has to be this spring at least. 
Um, so we'll see how that pans out. But the Ravens should have more draft and cap resources than ever before, especially with Lamar on that rookie deal. Um, he made a point. The Ravens have a quarterback and an offensive and defensive schemes in place. They need what they know what they need to get. And the biggest takeaway, though, I think, in this this part of his his presser here, this question, his answer here, is that he understands the Ravens are going to be the number one team watched by every team this offseason. Every organization will be putting in the Ravens' film and looking to see what they did, and they want to prepare for it. So the Ravens now have to get ahead of the curve and figure out what they need to improve on, what they need to change, so that they can't be you know beaten again like this. That's the key. You always have to improve. As Harbaugh always says, if you're not improving, you know, you're going backwards, right? That's what the Ravens are going to try to do this year, this offseason, changing their scheme up a little bit, building on what they did really well, changing some things they didn't do so well, and adding some new things in, making a better offense and a better defense, and, of course, a better special teams because you always forget special teams. But building those three, three pieces of a football team will make the Ravens a better team in 2020. Now, the Ravens went for it fourth and one in the third quarter. Um, that was a very critical point. I think they were down 14 to six at that point. And they asked Harbaugh, you know, why did you do it? Did you think about going for a field goal there, fourth and one? And he said, yeah, you know, you think about it, but it was within a foot. And the Ravens were really good at doing this all season. And this is something that a, Ravens, a lot of Ravens fans were complaining about. Why did the Ravens go for it on these 4th and 1 situations in this game? You know, I have no complaints about it. The Ravens made a lot of money this year on 4th and 1 decisions, 4th and short decisions, that paid off huge dividends for them. In nearly every game, every important game at least. That was really their craft this year, was those 4th and 1 analytical decisions the Ravens did it twice in this game. I have no problem with trying to do that. They just didn't come up with it. If Harbaugh got it there, he would have been touted as a genius by some Ravens fans. He didn't get it, so a lot of them went off. You know, that's just how the game plays. Sometimes you just don't get what you need. They didn't get it that time. They didn't execute it enough. And he felt it was the right decision. They needed points. That was, that was the problem of the game. They needed points. A field goal would not have helped in that situation. Adding three points to 12 doesn't get you over 28. It was the right decision by far to go for it, and I agree with Harbaugh you know, in that remark. Um, he was asked then, how has Lamar Jackson reacted to the rare instances of adversity? You know, the Ravens really didn't see a lot of adversity this season. Really, last season, you know, in the regular season, too, with Lamar at quarterback, they were just winning so much. When they get put into these type of situations, these adverse situations where they need, you know, to fight through this adversity— I won't say Lamar Jackson's choked, but it has not been the same Lamar Jackson. In these two playoff games, it hasn't. And he didn't play great in Sunday's uh, Saturday's loss. I don't think it was entirely on, his, on him, his shoulders. I think it's more the coaching staff. I've, I've said that in my, my post-game article analysis. Um, but, you know, John Harbaugh said Lamar Jackson knows what he has to do. He was in the coach's office for a long time on Wednesday. He talked about what he needed to do this offseason. He agreed exactly what Greg Roman and Harbaugh were thinking without even having to be told what they were thinking. He just knew it. Um, you know, what the priority list is to improve on this offseason. He did a tremendous job last offseason in improving. You know, he was, I say it all the time, he was a really not a great passer at all in 2018. He was 
somewhere above Tim Tebow, somewhere below average quarterback. This year, above average quarterback. Not a great elite passer, above average quarterback in passing. What made him really special, of course, and what makes him really special is that running ability. Now, if he can get even better at passing, if he can get like Peyton Manning level passing, we could see maybe one of the best quarterback careers in NFL history. But he's got to get to that point. And, you know, it's hard to get to that point. This may be, you know, the cap of his career to say. Now, I'm not going to say that's not to mean that is not to mean that he won't have any success in his career. This might mean, you know, he might only get a certain real to a certain really good point of passing. Like this is this was good. Especially for him. This is real this is really good to be honest with you. 66% completion or whatever it was, it was a really good year for him passing. Now, he wasn't as accurate as he could be on certain throws, yada yada yada. He may never get to that point where he's looked at, you know, with one of the best arms in NFL history. But that's not the game he plays. And that's okay. He plays a different game. And as long as he can continue to play his game better and better and better, he and the Ravens will be in better a better situation every year moving forward. Um, and Harbaugh, you know, made an interesting point, and I've heard a lot about this over the past week. A lot of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks, whether it's Joe Montana, you know, Joe Montana didn't start a playoff game three years into until three years into his career. They won the Super Bowl that year, by the way, in eighty one. Um, Peyton Manning had a very tough time winning playoff games to start. You know, there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of quarterbacks that just didn't have the playoff success early on. Not everyone can be Tom Brady. Not everyone can be Joe Flacco with playoff success. Look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees is one of the best passers of all time. 8-8 eight and eight in the playoffs. Just mediocre. I mean, some guys just have that playoff touch to them. And it's not to say Lamar Jackson will never have it. I mean, maybe he has it right now, but the coaching staff didn't let us see it this past Saturday. We just haven't seen it yet. And even if he doesn't have it, he'll be good enough to get the Ravens, I think, to a Super Bowl at least once. At least once. So it's not, I don't think it's any time to panic here. And Lamar Jackson knows what he has to do. This adversity will make him stronger. He needs to face adversity. If he just cakewalks everything, the first sign of trouble, he's not going to be ready for it. He can't cakewalk everything, like, frankly, probably like what he did in high school, probably like what he did in Louisville, where he just walked through the competition. What he did this year, we knew it was just wild. Even last year, it was a little bit of a cakewalk at certain times. Just not having to really play from behind a lot. It's not damaging to Lamar, but it doesn't help. You need to have those adverse experiences. And he's had them a couple times now, and we'll see where we can go from there. Harbaugh was then asked, um, does Lamar Jackson ever get in his own way with his desire to win? You know, I, I really don't like this question. I think a desire to win, if the stronger it is, the better the player is going to be. I think that's what, what sets apart great competitors. Um, and, and Harbaugh said, no, definitely not, no. Um, the next question was, was Gus Edwards not involved enough? And Harbaugh was the first to say, look, you know, we didn't play the game we wanted to play. We wanted to be the team we were always this year. But that's not what happened. It's just not what happened. It's not how the cards lined up. It's not how the deck was stacked for the Ravens. The Ravens did not play Ravens football. And that's it. That's all that happened. The Ravens did not play Ravens football. They would have liked to get Gus Edwards the ball more. That's what Harbaugh said. But they didn't play the ground game they needed to. And Harbaugh acknowledged it. And, you know, that's my chief complaint with this game. The Ravens got away from Ravens football. And Harbaugh here agrees. Now, 10th question was, 
What did you share with the team to encourage them moving forward based on the 2011 AFC Championship loss and, of course, going back the next year and winning it all? Harbaugh said, yeah, I'll, I, I, I talk about that. Our guys are tough and resilient. They, we just want to stack one good day after another, and we're capable of winning the whole thing next year. And I think he's right. You know, the Ravens are capable of winning the whole thing every year. Now, a lot of guys are not on that on this team that were on that 2011 team that were on that 2012 team. There's not a lot of guys left. I think there's seven. There were seven that won the Super Bowl with us that are still on this roster. I mean, Josh Bynes had to come back, right? So it would have been six. But it's Bynes. It's Anthony Levine, who I don't even think was on the 2011 team. Jimmy Smith, who was a rookie in 11, I believe. Marshall Yonda, Sam Cook, Justin Tucker. And I'm forgetting one person here. Maybe I didn't say Josh Bynes yet. Anyway, the point is, you know, there's not a lot of these guys left. And Harbaugh really has to convey, you know, to the guys who came later. You know, I've been through this before. Some of your teammates have been through this before. This heartbreak, this playoff disaster. You know, Billy Cundiff's wide left. No Ravens fan wants to relive that ever. This is the kind of heartbreak we've seen again. So Harbaugh has to relate that to the team and basically say, look, you know, we've been through a situation like this before, and last time it happened, we came back and won the whole thing. So I wholeheartedly believe we can and will do it again. And I believe that's what Harbaugh is going to say. I believe that's what he's probably already said. You know, he's a leader of men. He's a guy that a lot of players look up to. Now they asked him, how many times have you won the game since then? And he said, you know, he's doing other things right now. Uh, how how did the exit interviews go? He said he did something different with each guy. You know, not having an exit, you know, a long exit interview for everybody. It's not something the Ravens need to do, having those exit interviews. Some things work for some guys better than others. You know, some guys have to get out quicker than others. So, you know, he talked to everybody at least. But it wasn't a whole long interview process for everybody. We know Lamar Jackson was in, in an interview for a while, you know, talking to Harbaugh. But that's about it. Um, and he said he'll be calling and texting some of the guys in the, in the future of the offseason, just talking to them, keeping up with them, that's all. Um, when, Har- when did Harbaugh begin to think that the Ravens had something going on with the win streak? Before, you know, getting to that 12-game win streak, the end of it, you know, when did Harbaugh really start to to believe something special was happening? You know, the point for most fans, I think, in this season, the point for me at least, was that Seattle game, specifically fourth and one on Seattle, that ended up in the touchdown. That really, like, snapped everything for the Ravens, in my opinion. But Harbaugh said it was even earlier than that. He said there was some practice they were coming out of, and he said, you know, they were stringing together a bunch of practices in a row that were really good, some really good practices. And, you know, he, he turned to one of his assistants and said, you know what, we're about to go on a roll. And then they started winning. So, you know, looks like Harbaugh knew before everybody else. Um, but all the fans got to see it, at least in that Seattle game. Now, this is an in- important point here. This next question, question 14 on the day. Remember, there's 31 questions. So we're about halfway through here. There were reports about quarterbacks coach James Urban and assistant coach who used to coach wide receivers. I believe he coaches tight ends now, Bobby Ingram being linked to the Eagles for a new job. Of course, John Harbaugh came from the Eagles tree. Doug Peterson, you know, coming from that Andy Reid Eagles tree as well, so there's probably some connection there. Harbaugh announced that both were requested in, to be interviewed by the Eagles. Both requests were granted to the Eagles, but both Ingram and Urban both pulled their names from consideration for the Eagles' jobs 
whether that I don't know what on offense that was, but it was some sort of upgrade I would imagine. Um, they pulled their names out in the last 24 hours. So neither James Urban nor Bobby Ingram will be leaving the Baltimore Ravens to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's important. You want to keep a staff together like this. And Harbaugh said the entire staff looks like it's going to be together next year, which is tremendous. You know, continuity is a great thing, especially when you have continuity with, with great coaches pulling off a great season. I mean, no matter how this ended, this was a great season. And to have these guys back in it again, hungry to finish off the season like they didn't last year, this past year, I should say, it's something that, that will really help the Ravens compete in 2020. You know, if we had lost both Roman and Wink Martindale, it would have been tough for the Ravens, you know, to find a guy, the guys who fit this scheme so well, what the Ravens want to do. But bringing back these coordinators again, bringing back these positional coaches again, it's going to help the Ravens compete in 2020, especially if a lot of these players stay. Especially the young guys. I mean, Lamar Jackson, everybody on offense that's young, is going to stay. There's no question about it. Defensively, you know, there might be some turnover. What's going to happen to Matt Judon? What's going to happen inside linebacker? You know, Brandon Carr, Tony Jefferson, are these guys still going to be around? We will see. But I think, overall, keeping as many of these guys together as possible will be best for the Ravens moving into 2020. Then Harbaugh was asked, what do you want to do with the front seven? Do you want to beef it up a little bit? He said that the Ravens' front seven did a great job this year, um, especially some of the guys that came in midseason, Jihad Ward and such, you know, coming in and, and filling the roles for the Ravens. But they do need to get better. And the Ravens will evaluate the roster and be begin building soon. Later, I think he says he wants to have two or four guys added to the front seven, so we'll see how that goes this offseason. This is an important one. Do you know anything about Marshall Yonda's future? What is going on with Marshall Yonda? For those that are, are not familiar with the whole Marshall Yonda situation, reports, I mean, there are hazy reports, more rumors last year that he would um, contemplate retiring. That was obviously not the case. He played in 2019. He's under contract for 2020, but he could sit back and retire. Harbaugh said he's still playing at a very high status, future Hall of Famer. Um, he believes. I think he's more on the the cusp of it than actually like going to be in it. We'll see, though. Maybe another year would help that that case. But Harbaugh said, you know, it's Marshall's decision. What Marshall wants to do is best for his family, and we'll get at that. But there is no decision made yet. He will be evaluating his career, his future, this offseason. And we'll probably know midway through the offseason. I would imagine we will know at least before the draft. I'm sorry, at the latest before the draft. We could know before free agency starts. It really depends. If we don't hear anything at all, then assume that Marshall Yonda is coming back. But I would imagine the Ravens or Marshall Yonda or somebody will make some sort of announcement sometime this offseason regarding that. And when, I mean, when are we going to find out, though? It, it has to be before the draft because Yonda will not let the Ravens go into the draft not knowing whether or not they're going to have him again. There's no way. So we'll see. Hopefully it'll be before free agency. That's what I would like to know. So I'll give him a couple months here. I think mid, the free agency starts mid-March, I believe. Um, so we'll probably know in a couple months, I would imagine, at the latest mid-April. So then he was asked, you know, at the end of the first half, the Ravens had the ball at the five-yard line um, and moved the ball a little bit. Why didn't they run another play before the two-minute warning? Harbaugh basically said that, you know, Lamar Jackson was told that they were going to try to draw them off sides, the, the Titans, of course. Um, 
and it just it just didn't look like it, they were going to get there in time. It didn't look like it was going to be a, a real attempt at getting them. So they let the clock dra- drain to a few minutes. Um, that's not what I would have liked to see. I mean, even if you're going to try to draw them off sides with like a few seconds left, you may as well try it. I mean, I would have ran another play, to be honest with you. you when you're in that situation, in a quick-moving situation, you want to fit as many plays in as possible. I don't like the, what the Ravens did there, but that's what happened. You can't change it. All right, this one is also very important. Nick Boyle and Seth Roberts left early in the game against the Titans. What is their injury status? John Harbaugh basically gave, I mean, it does not look like a big deal. He said basically there's a lot of guys that were that were very healthy this offseason. Um, going into this offseason, all season long they were healthy. It was a great year for no injuries, really. Boyle and Roberts both left early because they did get injured. Nick Boyle has a minor, I believe it's an ankle sprain. He didn't say exactly a sprain, but... but he said Seth Roberts has a similar injury ankle as well. Was his t- words were his words? So I would imagine Nick has the same kind of thing going on here—a minor minor sprain. Believe it's in the ankle. He said if this were a week where they would be trying to win a game or sorry, playing a game again, Boyle would you know be on the fence for coming back, probably lean towards coming back. And he said if if it was knowing Boyle, he'd fight through the pain and, and play. So it doesn't look like it's going to be that that serious for Nick Boyle moving down the road. If it's something that he would have been able to get, play again in the next week over, then there's no way this is going to inhibit him next year. Seth Roberts has an ankle sprain. Did not say minor on this one. He said he would probably would have been out a couple weeks, but of course not playing again for the rest of the, the offseason. Roberts should be back um, at a, in a timely manner for next offseason, assuming the Ravens do keep him in Baltimore. Then another very important question, what do we know about Tavon Young's status? If you don't remember Tavon Young, what was the exact injury? It was either an Achilles or an ACL or something like that, or a knee. I don't remember, but something got ruptured in the offseason and prevented him from being on the field at all this year. This is big because John Harbaugh said that Tavon Young will be back for the first day of offseason training. Or at least should be. That's what the doctors told him. But that is huge. That's tremendous. To have Tavon Young back the first day of offseason training, remarkable. Great recovery time. Bring him back into this this secondary. Make it even better because the Ravens had a great secondary this year. Maybe you move remove a couple old pieces there. I mean, Jimmy Smith is going to be a roster bubble. We'll talk about him. Harbaugh mentions him. Um, Brandon Carr might be a roster bubble, but Harbaugh mentions him again. We'll talk about why that might, you know, both players might stick around. You know, make this a little younger. I mean, Tavon's had some injury problems, but he's a very good slot corner. And to bring him in, you know, the Ravens really didn't have a slot corner this year. They put Marlon Humphrey in the slot a lot. That's not where you want to have him. He's a lockdown guy. You know, you want to put Tavon Young in there. And then, really, if you've got Tavon, excuse me, Tavon Young, Mar- uh, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, even with Jimmy Smith and Brandon Carr, Earl Thomas, and if, if Tony Jefferson stays around it or it's Chuck Clark or whoever it is, I mean, that's a really, really good secondary. That's a Legion of Boom type secondary. So we'll see what the Ravens do um, in that regard moving forward. But Tavon Young coming back for the first day of offseason training is great. Um, what's Matthew Judon's status heading into the offseason pending free agent? Harbaugh said he would love to have him back, but it's going to be tough with the market. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think it's probably a little less than a 50-50 shot right now. I'm If I had to put money on it today, I would tell you that I think that Matt Judon will not return to the Baltimore Ravens in 2020. Would absolutely love him to return. I want him to get paid. 
but it just feels like he's going to be another one of those guys that just walks out like Zedaria Smith. Just too much of a market hit somewhere else. Then he was asked, Harbaugh was, two consecutive division championships that led to immediate home losses. What do the Ravens need to change? He said they just need to play Ravens football. They did not play well against the Titans, didn't play well against the Chargers last year. Just need to get back to what they do best. Was there rust, he was asked. You know, he said it could have been, but they can't prove it. History's about 50-50. Um, you know, teams hold their guys out of, of games and win Super Bowls. They hold their guys out of games and don't win Super Bowls. So it happens. Um, the Ravens, he said in 2012, I didn't remember this, but the Ravens actually held their guys out of the final game in 2012, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl, as we all know. Um, you know, that magic run there. He said he might consider keeping some guys in next year if the same situation arised. Um, but he, didn't, he kind of joked he didn't want to hear the media telling him that he was unnecessarily risking people at that point. So we'll see what they do next year if they ever even get to that point next year where they need, uh, or they have the option, I should say, to sit some guys in the final week or so with that first round buy or whatever it is. Being locked into, excuse me, mm, being locked into a, a seed. Um, he was then asked, you know, I think it was Eisenberg asked him, his opinion was the Ravens lost the majority of the games they lost, you know, all three of them. Um, at the line of scrimmage, that was their big issue. If they lose the line of scrimmage, they weren't going to win the game. Um, is there an explanation? He said, Harbaugh basically said, yes, there is, and then they just didn't say what it was. Um, he said it's on the tape. They're going to review it and see what, what, what really goes wrong. But there definitely has to be some improvement there. They have to, I mean, the way the Ravens play this offense, if you're a run-first team, you have to win that line of scrimmage battle every single time. There's no question. You have to do it. The Ravens didn't do that against the Titans. They didn't do that against the Browns when they lost. They didn't do that against the Chiefs when they lost. When again against the Chiefs, I mean, they went bonkers off their game plan against the Chiefs. It was really bad. But they have to get back to that track. They have to stay on track there, and we'll see what they do next year. Um, next question: Marcus Peters and midseason acquisitions. Do you appreciate how hard? And I'm paraphrasing at least, by the way. Do you appreciate how hard it was to make that work? And Harbaugh said, yeah, he's proud of the players, proud of the coaches, proud of the Ravens could find fits, proud of the front office. He mentioned Jihad Ward. The Ravens really liked him coming into the draft. I think it was a 2016 draft. Didn't were not able to get him, but then, you know, he was available. And the Ravens said, you know, is he still going to fit? They got him, and yeah, he still did fit. And he's a guy I want extended. I think Jihad Ward should be back. He, he was a major acquisition for the Ravens. Played lights out for them, really, on that defensive line. Would love to have him back. Is John Harbaugh looking forward to the Pro Bowl? He said, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, spent some time with the players again. Some other players he's made friendships with, uh, you know, over the course of his years in the NFL. And, of course, he said his family is going to have some fun time at uh, the Universal Resort there riding some roller coasters. So that'll be fun for the Harbaugh family. Um, has he tried to recruit all of his players to play in the Pro Bowl to win? He said, no, you know what? doesn't really matter. Just whoever wants to show up, shows up. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. Um, you know, he'll probably get in trouble with Roger Goodell or something like that for saying it, he said. But Lamar wants to go, you know, and, and he'll get to know some other guys around the league as well. And this is going to be interesting because, you know, making that relationship in the Pro Bowl might might lead to some offseason acquisitions and free agency that, you know, otherwise if he's not coaching, maybe they don't get. So, it's important that he coaches the Pro Bowl. It's important that he has some players around him like Lamar there. So maybe, you know, someone there who is a pending free agent might want to join the Ravens. We'll see what happens. 
surgeries this offseason, do we have any definitives? This is a very important question. Harbaugh basically said there's some possibilities for surgery, and the Ravens will announce that at the time if it happens. But there's none of them are definite, and there's a very strong possibility that the Ravens have no offseason surgeries, which would be tremendous to stay this healthy moving into 2020. Now, I don't want to jinx 2020 because we know the Ravens' history with injuries is horrendous, especially in recent years. But having no surgeries, you know, in the 2020 offseason, you know, heading into this year, I should say, it's going to be remarkable for the Ravens if that's the case. Then they were, he was asked, do you expect the Ravens to be a more balanced team in 2020? He basically said he doesn't know yet. He's going to get together with Roman and look at the offensive strategy. Uh, almost done here. A few more questions. More than 31. I thought there was 31. I'm sorry, there's 33. Doesn't matter. Um, he was then asked, uh, I lost my place here. What did you see? Here we go. What did you see in terms of Brown and Boykin this year? What do they need to improve on? He said, you know, um, there were some great improvements um, by both these players over the year, made some great strides. Hurst, though, he said Hayden Hurst looked tremendously better, which I agree with. Hayden Hurst had a great year compared to where he was last year. He said Mark Andrews could get a lot better but looked a lot better this year. Marquise Brown was never 100% this year, as, as we all know, really. Um, you know, battling injuries all year. If he gets to 100% next year, we could see him really break out like he did in the Titans game. Um, huge piece of the Ravens' offense, what they want to do moving forward. He said, you know, this is a great year for receivers in the draft. And the Ravens know what they want in receivers. I thought this part was important right here. He said... I'm, I'm not quoting. I paraphrased all these notes here. The Ravens want a certain type of guy and a certain type of another guy. Now, either that means the Ravens want one receiver, one of a certain kind, either or, or it means the Ravens want to get two new receivers. And my estimation is the Ravens want two new guys. Because this is how I see the Ravens offseason shaping out. I see Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin staying. I see um, Willie Sneed staying. I think Jaleel Scott probably stays. I think Seth Roberts is bubble, and I think Chris Moore is gone. So assume Seth Roberts is gone too, right? That's four guys. The Ravens need, really, I mean, they could go with five, but two more would be adequate for this system. I think that they're going to draft at least one receiver, and I think they're probably going to go to free agency and look for one, unless they re-sign Seth Roberts which I think he honestly probably deserves. I think he would be the best one. I think that adding a single wide receiver might be the best bet, but my hunch is the Ravens are probably going to add two and probably let Roberts walk. We'll see how that goes, though. Um, Then he was asked immediately afterwards, do you anticipate wide receivers wanting to join the Ravens in 2020? There was a lot of talk last year the Ravens were not going to have wide receivers wanting to join the team because of the way they ran the ball. And he said basically after Lamar's performance this year, yes. Absolutely. Um, home stretch here. Then he was asked, will there be some gratification if Lamar wins MVP and you win Coach of the Year? He said, you know, these awards, although they're individual, are more team awards than anything. Being Coach of the Year means you had a great team, a great staff, people you can rely on. And if he wins Coach of the Year, it's really everyone else's um, award with him. He then said that even if Lamar wins MVP, you know, that's a team award as well. And that's the way Lamar thinks. And he's just parroting that as well. And he's right, because, you know, Lamar Jackson can't be MVP without his receivers, without the running backs, without the offensive line. You know, even if he didn't win enough games, he probably wouldn't have been in conversation for MVP. So the defense as well. Just overall great for 
any team to have any winners of any awards. The Ravens learn from the Chargers' loss. Did the Titans show how to beat the Ravens' offense, or did the Ravens just have a bad day was the next question. Harbaugh said, look, the Titans just executed well. It's football, X's and O's. If we're the better team, we're going to win. If we're not, we're going to lose. The Ravens just didn't play enough. Um, they didn't play well enough to win that game. Final question here, home stretch. Pending free agents in front seven, what is the key to building it and end the secondary? Harbaugh basically said they have a good outlook, and this is important. They want to re-sign Jimmy Smith, or at least he does. They want Brandon Carr back. Potential salary cap casualty, Brandon Carr, he wants him back. He wants Jimmy Smith back, too. He's a penny free agent. Then he said he wants to focus on the front seven. We'll narrow the focus in the near uh, future. He wants two to three guys. He said maybe four. So that could mean pass rusher. That could mean defensive line. That could mean inside linebacker. I mean, my guess is they at least add one inside linebacker, one pass rusher, and one defensive tackle. That's my guess because I see Matt Judon walking. Um, you know, Bynes was great for us. I think we, we should re-sign Bynes for a short-term deal, but we gotta we got to draft somebody to be the long-term replacement because, you know, neither him or LJ Fort are elite inside linebackers. They're good. They're good enough, but they're not elite. They're not C.J. Moser. They're definitely not Ray Lewis. We need some other people in there playing inside linebacker. I think the Ravens probably address that in the draft, maybe second round. Um, hopefully we'll see, you know, who comes out. Um, once we get down this draft process, I, I keep saying I'm going to get this big board out. It's going to come out tomorrow, though. We have um, some draft news, um, which we'll get into again here. But that's all of Harbaugh's post-game press conference. Big takeaway, though, is he's optimistic for next year, has some plans in place for next year. Some re-signings look like they might happen. Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr could stay. Um, happy with the injury news. Not a whole lot of new injuries. Tavon Young looks to be back soon. And, of course, they have a good outlook. It looks like, though, that they want to add wide receiver, inside linebacker, defensive tackle, and pass rush this offseason. Those look like they're going to be the big four positions they're looking to address. So we will probably focus on those positions throughout the draft and free agency process as we start to move along. And we'll see how that goes for the Ravens. Now, draft news. Of course, we have the East-West Shrine game tomorrow at 3 p.m., and the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl at 7 p.m. Both are Eastern Time games. Um, I believe the East-West Shrine game is in Florida, and the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl is in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. Um, I'll be watching both of them, taking some great notes, um, looking at players to add to the draft board, and hopefully the draft board will be out sometime this weekend. I don't know. I, it's it's difficult for me to get this all together right now, especially as players are you know right now declaring for the draft. We'll see how that goes. And again, the Senior Bowl, the big one, the biggest one, I think, is you know next week, Saturday, January 25th. Titans, I mean, I was going to devote a whole segment to this, but we pretty much already know what went wrong with the Titans game. The Ravens did not execute the ball they were, the game they were supposed to. They didn't run the ball enough. And, you know, you could pin this on Lamar Jackson. You could really try to do that, but I don't think it's really necessary. I think Lamar played the best game he could under the circumstances. You know, not great. But the Ravens' offense really didn't help him. That's just how it went. The Ravens got away from Ravens football. And, you know, we I was going to do a whole segment on this, but you know what? I talked about it throughout the whole press conference thing here in, in, in detail. Not running the ball enough, you know, not converting on those fourth downs, not scoring enough points. That's what killed the Ravens. Nothing else. That's what killed the Ravens. And hopefully the Ravens learn from that mistake. Before we wrap up the episode which I feel like is rapid fire today, just moving through everything. 
you know, all these these questions and, and Harbaugh's responses and such. Before we wrap up the episode, I want to talk about the conference championship games, even though we're not in it. I'd like to make some predictions here, as I've done in the previous weeks. And, of course, we'll be back next week predicting, I guess, the Pro Bowl, right? Because there's no Super Bowl coming. Um, we'll look ahead. Maybe I'll do a whole segment on the Senior Bowl or something and what we see in the, the, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl and the East-West Shrine game. Maybe I'll do that. Um, but it's going to be interesting offseason with this this Nest Talk um, podcast here, really, because, you know, there's it's, it's going to be slow at times. It's going to be pretty slow. Once we get into April, though, we'll, we'll really be rolling. But conference championship games, we have the Chiefs and Titans and the 49ers and the Packers. You know, my original pick for the Super Bowl, which now looks terrible because both teams lost in their first playoff game, was the Saints and the Ravens. So that's pretty bad. But, you know, do I want anybody to win at this point? You know, I don't want the Titans to win because they beat us. You know, I I don't like to think I like, you know, being salty or anything, but you know, I don't really want to see the Titans win. You know, Suggs being on the Chiefs, I understand they stole him from us. I get that. We wouldn't have gotten him anyway, first of all. Um, but I can't root against Suggs. So I, I'd i like to see the Chiefs do it this year. And, of course, Andy Reid. I, I'm a big fan of Andy Reid. Getting him a, a Super Bowl ring would be remarkable to see. But they have to get over the Titans. And the Titans, they've beat the Kansas City Chiefs already this year. That's number one. You know, their strong running game with Derrick Henry, it's kind of counterintuitive to the game the Chiefs play with the strong passing game. You know, if they can keep the time of possession, limit Pat Mahomes' attempts, that might be the formula to beat the Chiefs. It's a great formula. It's how the Ravens have won a lot of games um, over the past couple of years here. But, you know, you can't ever count the Chiefs out, as we saw with the Houston Texans game. You know, I was traveling back um, from somewhere, and in the car while this was happening, and I tune in, and it was 24-0. I'm like, what's going on in Houston? You know, the, I mean, in, in Kansas City, the Houston Texans are winning this game. Casey's choking. But they rallied back so quickly. Within 10 minutes, I think they retook the lead. I mean, it was just insane. So you can never count the Chiefs out, is my point. Now, who do I think is going to win this game? I, I, I love what the Titans are doing. But I think the Chiefs are just a better team. And and one part of me is just saying you have to pick the Titans. Because you just don't go into New England and win. And then you just don't go into Baltimore and win like that. Not that not that way. And not win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's a really tough game for me to pick. I think it's gonna be a very close game. Some some you know, last second play is probably gonna determine it. But I think the Chiefs are just a better team. I think it just comes down to who's the better team. The Titans are really good, but you know what? They remind me of the 2017 Jaguars, who had some great playoff success, had some great success, just, you know, mediocre quarterback, but a great running game, everything there. But I just don't think they're going to pull it off. I just don't see it. I really don't see it. Um, So I think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC Championship game, go to the Super Bowl for the first time in a very, very long time. I don't even know when the last time they went to the Super Bowl is. They last won it, like Super Bowl three or something like that. I think the last time they were at the, the uh, this close, aside from anything in the Pat Mahomes Andy Reid era, I think was was Joe Montana, right? When he was traded there, I think that's the last time they were close. So we'll see if they can pull it off. I think they will. I think the 49ers will beat the Packers. You know, the 49ers walloped the Packers in the regular season. Of course, that's no way really to go after and, and look and say, oh well, this is how it's going to happen. Um, you know, 
these these two teams, they're very tough teams, one and two seed respectively. But I just don't think the Packers are going to be able to pull off pull it off against 49ers. I think it'll be a better game than the first time around. But the 49ers impressed me a lot. They have a very young defense. I like what they've done on offense. Raheem Mostert coming out of nowhere, really, pulling off some uh, amazing things in the running game. I think they're a better team, a more, more balanced team. I think, you know, Aaron Jones is great, but I think the 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 Packers are really too reliant on Aaron Rodgers. And if something happens to him, that game would probably tank for them. So I think the 49ers are just a more balanced team. They had some great wins this season, one against the Packers, so I have to take the 49ers for a 49ers Chiefs red-on-red Super Bowl. That's going to be my prediction now that both my former predictions are out, which is uh, very disappointing. So we'll see how that goes this this weekend. So that's going to end today's episode, episode 61 of Nest Talk. Um, we'll be back again next week. Hopefully we'll talk about upcoming Senior Bowl, um, these two playoff games that just played, and, of course, the East-West Shrine game and the NFL Collegiate PA NFL Collegiate Bowl, NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, I should say, um, this week. Make sure you watch it if you can. I'll be taking notes, seeing what we can get out of these teams. And, of course, my big board will be coming out either this weekend, next week, sometime. We'll just see. Play it by ear. Um, this is Chris Linfont signing out. Of course, again, though, before I go, you can find us at Be More Feather or at Nest Talk on Twitter. Search us up on Facebook, Nest Talk or The Baltimore Feather. If you're listening on iTunes, YouTube, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe there. Leave us a comment, rating, whatever. Always great to get feedback. And finally, if you are looking for the latest Ravens news articles, opinion articles, make sure you subscribe on the Baltimore Feathers email list. Get them in your email inbox whenever they are published. So again, this is Christopher Linfont signing out. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.